Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Won't you stand and sing as we begin our time together this morning? The dark tried to hide and steal you away. The death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you, he tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped. We cried when we cried for freedom. You tore down the walls. The weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. Cannot be stopped. Sing it together this morning. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. We stand on your victory. And shout out your praise. Miracle made your mighty to save. Awesome in power, relentless in love. You cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains. Breaker of change, Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Declare it. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is no more time we see. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. Hoover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah. The battle is won, nothing can stand against our God. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. 
nothing can stand against our God. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We want to thank you and welcome you to Broadway 1109. Thank you for being here this morning. We are so glad that you chose to spend an hour out of your week with us this morning. We are honored that you would do that. We hope that you're paying attention to your bulletin and the screens as you come in for all that's going on here at Broadway. If you're new with us, we especially want to connect with you. Uh, there's a little perforated tab on the side of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in. That's our connect card. We ask that you simply tear that off, fill it out, and then you can drop it either in the offering bucket here in just a second, or if you missed that, that's okay. Uh, you can turn it in at our welcome desk located in the back of our sanctuary as you exit this morning. That's just our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can connect with you here. Here at Broadway. We are excited for what God is going to do this morning, and we are glad that you're here with us. Let's pray as we continue into our time of worship. Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, we thank you that, uh, Lord, we already know that you are present with us. So, Lord, we pray that your spirit would be fresh and new. God, we welcome his presence here this morning. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us, for who you are, for your blessings on our life. Lord, now as we move into our worship service this morning, God, we pray that you are honored that you are exalted, and that you are lifted high here in this place. God, we love you. We thank you most of all for Jesus. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. Do me a favor. Stand up. Turn around. Say hello to somebody this morning that you maybe haven't spoken to as we continue to worship together. Is my 
God who died came back to life and everything has changed. Hallelujah. 
Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, fear, where is your power? The mighty King of kings has disarmed you. Delivered and redeemed, eternal life is ours. Oh, praise His name forever. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. And all throughout eternity. Our song will be the same. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. And on the day you called me in to heaven's sweet embrace i'll see your scars your open arms the beauty of your face and through tears of joy i'll lift my voice in everlasting praise hallelujah christ is risen from the grave oh death where is your where is your power? The mighty King of kings has dishonored you. Delivered and redeemed, eternal life is ours. Oh, praise His name forever. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. your open arms the beauty of your face and through tears of joy I'll lift my voice in everlasting praise hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave amen you can be seated as our ushers come forward let's pray together heavenly father we thank you that we celebrate a risen savior 
Lord, we thank you that this morning we can, we can sing from a position of victory, God, because you have conquered death, you've conquered hell and sin. Lord, and we know that ultimately the victory is yours. So God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, Lord. And as we move into our time of offering this morning, God, we, we pray that you would take our gifts and our offerings, our tithes, that you would bless them to further your kingdom and your mission through our church here at Broadway. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Sing it together. Holy, there is no and join us as we sing this morning. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you, God. And holy, there is no one like Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder Show me who you 
we sing together this morning? I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. Holy, there is your love is a solid rock. God, we thank you that you're a firm foundation even amidst the storms and the trials of life. God, your word promises us that our lives built upon you will not crumble. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for who you are. It's in his powerful name. Amen. You can be seated. My grandfather purchased the kit to build these granaries. So for years and years, they stored grain. Then when my grandfather died, the granaries weren't being used. And of course, when they're not being used, they fall into disrepair and they were very dilapidated. We worked really hard to clean this granary, a lot of people. And finally, it, it got all cleaned up. So now this is the Golden Prairie Shoebox Granary. Today was the official dedication. 
it has been repurposed for a different harvest, harvest of souls for Jesus Christ. We had an amazing time during worship where we uh, heard a full circle speaker, uh, Paku, talk about how Operations Christmas Child Shoebox changed her life. And then after church, we got the privilege of coming out surrounding this uh, beautiful granary that's been dedicated to uh, fill and pray over shoeboxes that are gonna be going all over the world. And so it's been a wonderful experience. Lord, we're so grateful for your provision of all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We commit this granary to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love the fact that, that there are shoeboxes going out of this granary. People say, well, you put so much into this granary. I don't care what went into this granary. It's what comes out that's important. What comes out is our heart to some child somewhere on this globe that needs Jesus Christ. We don't understand in this country what it is like to have nothing. God has put us here with the resources that he's given us so that we can reach these children all around the globe. He didn't, he didn't give us what we have so we can serve ourselves. I'm very thankful for this church that there are packing shoeboxes. I just see Jesus in them and a lot of love and passion and a heart to serve. I just believe if you want something as a pastor where your people can get involved in ministry, something that has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ, I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in Operation Christmas Child? To me, it's a no-brainer. Our church participates in Operation Christmas Child, and your shoeboxes are actually due back today. So if you have them, you want to, um, you can drop them off downstairs at entrance B or just right out here in the lobby. So uh, if you forgot them, maybe you can bring them Wednesday night or tonight at church. So if you, if, you, if you said, oh, I've got one of those at home, hopefully you're not using it for storage or anything else. You're actually going to bring it back. <laughs> so open your Bible to the book of John, John chapter 15. Today is what we call Budget Catch-Up Sunday. So I'm going to be preaching here about how Jesus is going to teach us. He's going to command to us about what it means to have a fruitful life. And what, here's where we're going to end up at. We're going to see how the Bible's going to tell us here that we are to produce much fruit. Our lives should be fruitful. Then we're going to look at spiritual gifts. God gives you and I spiritual gifts for the purpose of being fruitful. A way to produce much fruit is to identify what your gifts are, what your talents are, and to use them for kingdom work. And that is a way, and then in a church, what happens is then when, when you have a body of believers that's all uh, learning the scriptures, that's all uh, using, activating their spiritual gifts, then all of a sudden you start seeing a very fruitful church accomplishing its mission. So that's what we're going to be looking at here in the Bible. John chapter 15, and then in a little bit we're going to flip over and um, look at Ephesians chapter 20. If you have your bulletin insert, you want to go ahead and, and pull that out as well. All right, John 15 verse 1, it says here, I am the true vine, 
and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. God's will and purpose for us is that constantly we, there's, this, there's this multiplying effect throughout our lives so that even while we're do, identified and doing God's will, he's even making it more fruitful, more stronger. Keep going here. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces, look at this, much fruit. Why? Because you can do nothing without me. Keep going. Verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch, and he withers. They gather them, throw them in the fire, and they are burned. So what Jesus is telling us in that one verse, if you are out there just trying to do it yourself, maybe you have an attitude is you don't need to go to church, you don't need to read your Bible, you don't need to have a prayer life. The Bible says here you will wither. Meaning you just, you won't have this fruitful life. And actually you end up being burned in the fire. You just gathered up. And I want to tell you, we're surrounded by a lot of believers. Or possibly unbelievers who think they're believers. That they're, they're wondering, why am I not seeing a fruitful, healthy life with the Lord? And it's because of this. They're, a, they're apart from the vine. Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want. And it will be done for you. Jesus is telling you and I this morning, we can go to the Father and He will answer and fulfill our prayers for this. Verse 8, last verse here. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce, look at this, much fruit and prove to be my disciples. We show to the Lord, we show to others of our, our ability to follow Jesus by producing fruit. So this morning, we want to say, am I a fruitful, am I producing fruit? Do you know, the very, the very first words that Jesus started here in verse 1, He started out this sentence. He says, I am the true vine. So that means, listen, if Jesus is the true vine, that means there's some counterfeit or false vines. That means it's possible to attach your life to follow something that is not the true vine. And Jesus is saying here, if you, wanna, if you want to be a disciple that's seeing the Lord work through me, you're going to have to attach yourself to me. Do you know our, our church received an award this week? It's not two awards. One's an old award and another. Our church was founded in 1952. Do you ever go eat at Zaxby's down here on Broadway? That's called, they're at their corner at Pike Street. There used to be a house there. It's now Zaxby's. In the basement of that house in 1952, there was a church that started called 
South Broadway Baptist Church. That was the original name of this church. And what happened there in 1952 was... Uh, these folks gathered and they met. That was long. That was 67 years ago. Then, uh, the, you know, buildings started to be developed, and they ended up all the way down here over the time. But uh, they decided they were going to be a Southern Baptist church, affiliate with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And as members of the SBC Church, KBC Church, we give to something called the Cooperative Program. So. For 55 years, we gave to the CP all the way up to 2007. If you were around in 2007, your pastor in 2007 probably stood on the stage and held this up high because it took 55 years to get this award right here. This is the $1 million cumulative total that you've given since the church's founding. So for 55 years, from 1952 to 2007, you gave $1 million, and you got this award, and you put in the church's trophy case. Then 12 years went by until this past Tuesday. In our church, we had a lot of folks. The annual meeting of the Kentucky Baptist Convention was held right here at uh, Manual Baptist Church, and we had several folks at our church go over there. This is the next award. It took, took 12 years. This is the $2 million award. Every, every million, you get an award for this, so... Understand, 55 years for this award, 12 years for this award. That is an example of our church producing much fruit. You give to missions, you go on missions, and God blesses that. Our church is a missional church. The purpose of the gospel is to attach to the true vine of Jesus. And He is the one that works through us, and, and we're fruitful. We give. We, we're kingdom students. We're kingdom disciples that we want to see the Lord use us. I bet in 1952, those 25 people that met at the basement of that house there at Zaxby's, they probably never would have dreamed that 67 years later, we'd be standing right here holding up our $2 million trophy we got. They would, that wasn't even on the radar screen. They couldn't even foresee that. But listen, that is what God does when you put it in Jesus' hands and you say, Lord, multiply this. Here's my finances. Here's my life. Here's my talents. Here's my skills. Here's who I am. You take it, God. And bless it. God is asking you and I to, to do that with Him. Do you know, Jesus is telling you and I. He's asking you and I. Do you believe me? Do you believe that I can do anything? Because the Bible is very clear. The Bible says we can ask anything. In verse 7, we can ask anything in His name. And He will do it. He will answer that prayer. Do you know every day is actually one day closer to the glorious day? The glorious day is when you and I pass away. Either we pass away or Jesus comes back. And we stand before God and we give an account for our lives. We will stand before Him and He will look at us and we will give. We have to be prepared to say, Lord, 
This is what I did for your kingdom. This is what I did with what you gave me. These were the talents you gave me and how it multiplied. So I want to see, look up here on the board. The Bible tells us several things. Number one, that you are gifted. And we're going to go through these. We're about to minute go through spiritual gifts because I want you to be able to identify your gifts so that you can be a fruitful believer. Because when this church, when this church is filled with people who've activated and are using their spiritual gifts, then this body of believers will have a massive kingdom impact. God will be growing you spiritually. Not only that are you gifted, you actually are talented. And I'm going to tell the difference between talent and a gift. God has given you the gifts and the talents to fulfill His purpose. That is God's plan for us right now, that we use the gifts and the talents. So we have to ask the question, what is a gift? What are spiritual gifts? In the Bible, there's 22 spiritual gifts. And we're going to go through them because I want you to look at this. And here's the goal of this. Say, Dan, why are you doing this? I want you to see these. And I want you to think, God, I want you to walk away this morning. I want you to realize God wants you to be fruitful. And knowing that, in order to be fruitful, you have to know your gifts. And if you, we say, what if I don't know my gifts? Then you need to pray to the Lord. Say, God, what are my gifts? Show me, reveal to me, give me gifts so that I can use them. And remember, spiritual gifts are what the Lord uses through us to produce much fruit. I want to tell you, our church, like tonight, tonight's our, our budget meeting. We have our court bi-monthly business meeting, so we'll be voting our new 2020 budget. A church that exceeds its budget is a church that everybody here knows their gifts and they're using them for kingdom work. That's the church we want to be a part of. That's the church I hope you want to be a part of. Number one, look here. I want to go through this list here. The first one here, this first group is found in 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 28. I'm going to walk through these. There's 22 of these. And as you see these, be thinking, God, I know that's me. I know that's something I want to start praying for. Of the 22 gifts, one of them doesn't, God doesn't use anymore. That's by definition. That's the first one here. The gift of an apostle. Paul actually wrote this here in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And the gift of apostleship is someone, by definition, who was with Jesus. Meaning, none of us here, unless you're 2,000 years old, you were with Jesus. Paul, remember he was on the Damascus Road. He was going up north to kill Christians. And when he got up on his way there, before he got there, Jesus appeared to him and said, Paul... Or Saul, Saul, if we change his name, why are you persecuting me? Paul went from me, he was blinded. He went from killing Christians to preaching Christ. Just like that. The gift of the apostle are limited to the first century and people who were with the Lord. Number two, prophet. A prophet is someone who picks up their Bible and says, thus saith the Lord. Do you know when you quote scripture, when you give somebody a Bible verse, when you encourage and you teach the scriptures to someone, you are proclaiming prophecy. The Bible 
is our prophecy. It's given to us from the Lord, from God, so that we can know how to live our life and how to be saved. Prophecy, we point people to prophecy. When you come to church, you're actually reading prophecy. So what happens is God raises up people so they're boldly sharing prophetic words of the Lord. Number three, a teacher. God expects you and I, and God raises up people to teach what? They're teaching the Bible. They're, they're teaching people biblical truths. Number four, miracles. God is in the miracle business. Again, what happened at Zaxby's 67 years ago? That was a miracle. Those folks never would have dreamed of that. Someone after the first service came up to me and said, Dan, you kept talking about Zaxby's. I want to go eat there. I just kept getting hungrier and hungrier as you kept mentioning it. So I told him I wouldn't mention it as much, but here I just mentioned it again. But that was a miracle that occurred right down the road. Our church, church growth, seeing folks saved, God, want, a miracle is something that can occur with only God's intervention. Do you want God to do a miracle in your life? Do you want God to bless every conversation? Do you want God to bring people in your path with the purpose of you, you telling them about the Lord? Gifts of healing. One of the greatest men I ever knew in Georgia, a man named Duke, he's now with the Lord. He is, well, two people have ever told me in their life, they have the spiritual gift of healing. This man would pray for people. They would be sick. They would be having surgeries that the odds were against them. They would have major problems in their life, health reasons. And God would heal these folks. People would come to Duke and ask him to pray for them. We would lay hands on folks, and he would pray. The one time the man, I was with him, and he shook this man's hand. This is a stranger. And the man told him, he says, Sir, I don't know who you are, but I feel just with your handshake, with your touch, that you know, there's a healing power that you've, you've released into me. And I feel better now all of a sudden. We, had, you know, we, had, we always forget. Do you know one of Jesus' names is the great physician? Jesus wants people healed. One of his ministries, he would walk around the blind, the lame, those with diseases, people who were unclean. What did they do? They brought them to Jesus. Jesus healed people. There is no reason to believe that has ceased. God is still in the healing business. Do you know anybody with the gift of healing? If you're ever sick, you need to call upon them and ask them to pray for you. Ask them to lay their hands over you. Pray for them to get better. Jesus did it. In fact, the book of Acts, the apostles, they were going around doing it. You can do it today. God gives that gift. Number six, helping. Jesus wants us to be helpers. We shouldn't be takers all the time. We're here to serve. You come to church, and you're here to say, Lord, this is your church. I'm here to help. Number seven is administration. You know, these are your behind-the-scenes folks that make it happen. 
in everything you do something, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes to pull it off. The gift number eight is tongues, speaking in tongues. We're going to come back to that. All right, second section here. There's five of these sections. There's 22. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10. Uh, Paul continues on. Wisdom. Wisdom is a knowledge that God, that God gives you. That you are wise beyond your, your years. This, have you ever met somebody that seemed really smart, but they have no formal education? Like, where do they get this from? How do they know all this? God gives us wisdom. He gave Solomon, the wisest man ever on earth, didn't go to school. He got, received the gift from God. It was wisdom. Knowledge, the same way. God gives us a knowledge for kingdom work. Faith, this is, these are the folks that believe. They're not Debbie Downers. When folks come and, and speak, they believe it. They trust and believe the Lord. Number Gifts of healing, that's a repeat from number five. Miracles are a repeat from number four. Prophecies are a repeat from number two. Number 12 is my spiritual gift. Distinguishing between spirits. Have you ever met someone and you thought, this person seems shady, they have ulterior motives, there's just something not right. There just seems to be, they, they want something else. They're presenting a facade, but knowing really there's an ulterior motive in what they're wanting from this relationship or friendship. Bible calls that discernment. I want to tell you, this is a gift you should pray for. The spiritual gift of discernment. The Bible actually uses the word distinguishing between the spirits. Meaning, you can sense, okay, there is something wrong with the, either this situation, this person, this area here. It might be somebody you work with, that their real job is to ruin your marriage or destroy your family or destroy you. It might be somebody you're dating. It might be it maybe even a teacher or professor at school. There's just a slant on what they're trying to teach you. And it's discernment. Listen, if someone is trying to teach or lead you down a road that's contrary to Scripture, you want the spiritual gift of discernment saying, ah, that's not right. I don't need to be spending a lot of time with this person. If you don't have this spiritual gift, you will constantly, habitually struggle with certain sin. Christ wants you and I, you should pray for this gift for your children. That they have the gift of discernment. They know what's right and what's wrong. And God will allow them to see things. Seeing, I don't need to go there. I don't need to go to that party. I don't need to go to that person's house. I don't need to work in that environment. That's not for me. Tongues, that's a, a, a repeat number eight. Interpretation tongues. The Bible says if somebody speaks in tongues in a worship service, you should have an interpreter there. Keep going here. Look here. Ephesians 4.11. Bible goes on to say, gift of apostle, gift of prophet, those are repeats, gift of evangelist. God gives the church evangelists. You know, we had a revival here two months ago with an evangelist who comes and boldly proclaims and casts the net and see folks saved. Pastors and teachers, God called me to preach when I was 16 years old. He's raising up a new generation of pastors and teachers to teach God's word, to lead in a way that's biblical and godly. 
keep going here. Romans 12, 6 and 8. Prophecy, we know that. Serving, do you serve? Does God want you to serve others? That is the Christian life. Teachings are repaid. It keeps coming back. This is a great one. You know, I know somebody in our church who writes, Sherry and I, uh, um, exhortation is encouraging. They basically, ever since we've been here, for nearly three years, they write encouraging notes about every four to six weeks. It's a note of encouragement. People love encouragers. No one wants, when you're around someone, have you, do you ever walk away from a conversation saying, but they are so draining. Oh my goodness, blah, 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 blah. That, it's just a drain to listen to them. God doesn't want you like that. He wants you to be an encourager. When you walk away from talking to someone, you should have been a blessing. Use your words to bless other people. God wants you and I, our lives, to encourage other folks. I want to tell you, if you're an encourager, you will have a lot of friends. Number 18 is another way to get friends. If you're a giver, you will get friends as well. People love to be around someone that's just giving, giving, and giving. You know, even Sherry Osmond and I, the past, past three weeks, we've probably given more to this church than our three years since being here. It's a spiritual gift. But now God expects us to tithe, but giving, you can go above and beyond. And some of you, you have so much stuff, you don't even need anything else. You literally need nothing. You've got it all. I come and visit you and you give me stuff. It's to take home every time I visit you at your home. And you say, Daniel, what are they giving? They're giving me like stuff off their shelves, like pictures. So it's not, that's what they're giving. <laughs> stuff from my house, I guess. But the attitude is, God wants us a life of constantly giving to others. Leadership. Leadership is influence. You're influencing people in a way that's godly, and you're leading people down. One of the best leaders, somebody that's used this spiritual gift. Do y'all remember, some of y'all might not remember this, but there was a football player named Tim Tebow, in 2007 or 2008, he won the Heisman Trophy. I was a huge Tim Tebow fan. He played for Florida Gators. Well, he played in the NFL after that a few years, but he didn't really make it in the NFL. Then I think he went on SEC. He still is on SEC net, Network. He grew up in, on the mission field with his parents. They were missionaries in the Philippines. God has raised up this gentleman. He's given him a talent of football. He's given him a skill of athletics, but God's then raised up this young man so that he can have leadership and influence with the kingdom. He has a talent here, which is football, a skill. Football is not a spiritual gift, but he has the spiritual gift of leadership, and then he puts those together, and he's pointing people to Jesus. That's what God does with us. Whatever skill and talent God's given you, you take that and you put it with a spiritual gift and you're pushing forward the gospel. All of these gifts here, the greater purpose is for us to make the kingdom of God more known. Do you know this is a gift I struggle with? Number 20 is mercy. You know what mercy is? Have you ever met people who are broken? They're guilty. 
they did something and it's wrong. And they didn't do it one time, they did it over and over and over again. They're completely guilty. They deserve judgment. They're, they get the consequences of their ash, actions. Mercy is when you look at someone, and you know of someone, and they have made mistake after mistake after mistake. And instead of kicking them on the curb or saying, I don't even like that guy, I'm getting rid of him, he's out of my life. You go up and say, brother, I, I still love you. Jesus loves you. We're going to pick up the pieces. Mercy is what Jesus did on that cross to us. When he died on that cross, we're sinners. He died for our sin. He showed us mercy. Even when people harm you, even when people attack you, we turn the other cheek. We show mercy to other folks. This is needed today. You can't view people who are created in the image of God, whom Jesus died for, as your enemy. Jesus was merciful, therefore we show mercy. Last two here, and these apply to all of us. In 1 Corinthians 7, 7, it gives us a spiritual gift of marriage and the gift of celibacy, which is singleness. That means whether you're married or single, it doesn't matter, but most importantly is that these are both important. Paul was single. He was the greatest missionary that ever, ever lived. He gave all his time to the Lord. Jesus was single too. And what's important, we need to recognize wherever you're at in your life, whether you're married or you're single, whatever these gifts are that apply to you, you need to take these, Broadway Baptist. You take these gifts. You ask God to activate them in your life. Say, Lord, I want to be a believer that uses these gifts. And you go out and you use them for God's work. How, this morning, how are you using God's gifts that he's given you for kingdom work? Last Bible verse we're going to see here. Last thing. Here in your Bible, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Look, look at what Paul goes on to write here. Now to him who is able. You know who that's talking about? That's Jesus. That's God. Who is able to do and to do above and beyond all that we ask. Or think according to the power that works in us. Don't miss this verse. God is telling you and I, we come to the Lord and we ask Him. Say, Lord, bless my life. Reveal to me what you want. Whatever you think, whatever you ask for, He can take that and He can do it above and beyond. We serve Broadway Baptist Church, a God who's above and beyond. What a great God we serve. Above and beyond. The Lord is telling us, why are you settling? Why are you living this mediocre, average life, just trying to get through the week? You should never think like that. Man, I just, I hope I can get to the weekend. No, this is the day that the Lord has made. I wake, you should wake up every morning and say, God, this is your day. It's a new day. I'm closer to meeting you. God, it's yours. I want to go above and beyond. I want more. And the only way to get this is going back to what Jesus said 
in John chapter 15, verse 8. He said, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit. Is that your prayer? Are you asking God for, for Him to use you to produce much fruit? So our takeaways this morning, I want you to look at your life. I want you to examine your, your life, where you're at. And you answer the question, God, am I producing much fruit? And if that answer is no, or like, uh, not really, then you need to go back and look at, your, look at what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Pray to the Lord and ask Him to give you those gifts. God then will, I promise you, you pray that prayer. God will start giving you gifts. Even if that's writing, if you write one encouraging note, say every three days, and you start, nobody does handwritten notes anymore. That's an encouragement to someone else. Anyone can learn and develop the gift of encouragement. You just write a note and encourage and bless someone else. No strings attached. Watch God start to use you. I have written an encouraging note to someone, and I actually had forgotten about it. Then three and a half weeks later, I bumped into that person. They told me they got it. They said, Daniel, that brought tears to my eyes. You don't know the day I was having when I checked that mailbox and read your kind card. We have no clue how the Lord will use us. Guys, the, the problem is we have to, you give God your hands and say, Lord, my hands are yours. My mouth is yours. Lord, I want to be a fruitful Christian. Identify your gifts. You need to know how you're using the tools God has given you, the talents God has given you to push forward the kingdom. If this church does that, we will be a giving church. We will be getting a $3 million award. We will just go on and on and on because the body of Christ is coming together under the lordship of Jesus to say, God, we're yours. I'm giving you my talents. I'm giving you my gifts. We're about to have our invitation. And I want you to think about our invitation here at Broadway. A lot of times we just think of this is an opportunity for you to get saved or for you to maybe join this church. But this invitation is really, says, God, am I being a good steward of what you give, you've given me? Am I using my time, my talents, my gifts, my finances? Am I helping the kingdom move forward? I want you all to know, some of you, if you're not, if you're not using your gifts... What the, if, you are not, if you're sitting on the sidelines, that verse said in verse 6 that Jesus will gather up the folks, gather up the, the branches, and just throw them out, and they'll wither away. God doesn't want us to wither away. He wants us to be attached to the vine and to be fruitful. There's a lot of false, fr false fruit out there, false vines. We're attaching our life to Christ. Not to video games, not to social media, not to endless activities, not to every movie on Netflix. We attach ourselves to who? To Jesus. Look at your time. Your time will tell you who you are attached to. 
And Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, but there's all these false vines and you'll waste your life. There is nothing more the devil wants than to get you and I sidetracked from, from fulfilling and from doing kingdom work. He doesn't want people saved. He wants fighting going on. He wants bickering. He wants people writing discouraging notes instead of encouraging. He wants people to be Debbie Downer in their conversation. And God is, God is raising up us so He can use us for His kingdom. Lord, I thank You for this morning. I pray this morning we will identify our gifts. Lord, if we don't know what they are, Lord, show them to us. Give us the gift of discernment. Help us know right and wrong. Give us the gift of teaching. Call out this group, future pastors. Raise up leaders, gospel leaders. Raise up an army of Tim Tebow's. If we have a talent, Lord, allow us to use that talent to point people to you. Jesus, I pray this morning, if there's anybody here, maybe they don't even want to make it public, but Lord, if they are not using their gifts, Lord, convict us of the sin of disobedience and help us respond boldly. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray this morning that this invitation is yours. God, we give you this worship service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be standing down front. If you want to make a decision, if you want to join Broadway Baptist Church while the band plays, I'll be waiting down here. You respond to the gospel. Let's stand together. and The band's going to lead us in our song. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out, lifted me up How great is your love To weakness you took my shame Buried my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. From the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth. Innocent perfection. You gave your life for us, and we are amazed, and we stand in awe, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great, how great is your love, how great, how great, how great is your love. How great is your love for us. In your kindness, you lead me home. In your presence, where I belong. Oh, you called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love.
heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth. Innocent perfection, you gave your life for us, and we are amazed. Yes, we stand it all, for we have been changed by the power of the cross. How great, how great. close our service out. I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Ray Vasky. Ray is our chairman of deacons here at Broadway. He's going to pray for us, and then we will be dismissed. All right. Thank you. Um, just I did this morning, too, I want to thank uh, you all at, at Broadway here at the church that has uh, 
poured out your love to my family and to me and uh, the loss of my father-in-law two weeks ago and um, the flowers that you all gave us and just the visitors that came and see us, to see us at the, uh, the visitation. I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, and also for the gifts and things that you've given us on our new baby. So um, life has been interesting in the last six weeks, to say the least. But God is good, and he is still on the throne. No matter what we go through, he is constant. And I just, if I can say anything today about that, that is it. And so to remain, remain in your faith and stay strong in the Lord because he is there. And I'll, let's pray and we'll close. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity again to come into your house, Lord. I thank you for all that you've given us and blessed us with, despite ourselves, Lord God. I know that you are just so loving, Father, and so gracious, even in the midst of our struggles and in the highest of joys, Father, you are there. And so, Father, I pray that you are glorified by all that we do, Father, at this church and your church, Father. Lord, we ask that you would just bring... Bring ones to us, that, Father, that need to be ministered to, and, Lord, that we may serve them, Lord God, and that we may bless their lives just as you blessed us, Father. We thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for just, for Jesus, Father, and our daily walk with him and, and what you allow us to experience, Father. We just give you all glory and all praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you back here at 6 o'clock.